So today we're in week number two of a series that we started uh, a couple weeks back called You Asked For It. And this series is, is designed based on a survey that you took on Easter Sunday. If you were here on Easter, we asked you to do this little survey. And on that survey, we asked you to identify what topics do you want to hear about. And we took those topics, all six of those topics, and we compiled them into a series. So, so over the next today, counting today, four more weeks, we're going to do a series on the topics you wanted to know about the most. So um, next week, we're actually going to talk about difficult people. Anybody got some difficult people in your life? Come on. Uh, raise your hand if you got difficult people in your life. Raise your hand if the difficult person's sitting next to you. Don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't raise your hand for that one. It'd be bad. We don't want to stir anything up today, but uh, raise your hand for the, uh, we got difficult people. So that's next Sunday. Last week, we talked about God's will for our lives. What is his will? What does he want from me? Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to answer your, your most asked for question, which was, how do I deal with stress? Now, is, is there anybody here today that say, I'm, I got a little bit of stress in my life? I've, I've got some. And you can't tell me that you're not stressed out because it was your number one most asked for topic. So you, you're dealing with some stress. I'm dealing with some stress. And what I want to do today is just kind of, I, I want to kind of answer why do we have this stress in our lives and figure out a remedy for it. So um, why is it different this year, though? Every, every year, we do, we do the same survey on Easter every year. And usually every year, the, the number one question is, what's God's will for my life? That wasn't the case this year. It was stress. The number one thing was stress. Why is it different this year than all of the other years? Yeah, so I started doing some, some study and some research and, and uh, came across the American Psychological Association, their website, and they've been doing stress studies for the last, uh, I don't know, since 2007, ever how long that is, a long time, they've been doing stress studies. And um, here's what they had to say about it, check this out. They said, since 2007, we've seen various external factors negatively affect stress levels, from economic downturns to the impact of racism to political conflict. By the way, all of those things happened last year, didn't they? Okay. It goes on to say that our 2020 survey is different. <laughs> you could sum up the whole research in that one sentence right there. It reveals that Americans have been profoundly affected by covid pandemic, and that the external factors Americans have listed in previous years as sources of stress remain present and problematic. In other words, all of the stress didn't go away. We, we still have the same stress we had before COVID. Now we have a whole new level of stress. And it goes on and says that these compounding stressors are having real consequences on our minds and our bodies. And then check this out. The last, the last part says we're facing a national mental health crisis that could yield serious health and social consequences for years to come. 2020 was one of those years, right? And, and it seems like 2020 is, is gone, it's forgotten about, the pandemic is kind of subsiding, it's trickling away, but guess what's not going away? The stress, 
We still have the aftermath of all the stress, the aftermath of all the things that we've been dealing with for years, like money and work issues and family issues and, and job issues. All of those things, they add up. So in other words, we were already stressed before the pandemic, but now it's at a whole nother level. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's, it's at another level. It's at a different place. And so um, it, it may seem like everything's getting back to normal, but we've got to deal with the stress. And just as a, this is a little piece of information that you might want to know, the most stressed generation in America today is not the baby boomers. It's not the people who would have been most affected by the pandemic. It's actually Generation Z, Gen Z. The 9 to 23-year-old generation is the most stressed out generation in America right now. Can you believe that? And, and so... I'm not going to get too much into that information today. We're going to do a series later on this year about get your life back. But this is just a little taste, a little, a little bit to help you get your stress, not just under control, but eliminate some of the stress out of your life. Do you feel like that's a good idea, just get it out of your life? Come on, let's not just learn how to deal with it, but let's get some of it gone in Jesus' name. So why are we stressed? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we aren't dealing with the root problem. We're just putting a Band-Aid on a gash that needs some stitches. Come on, somebody. Like We're, we're not dealing with the real problems. Uh, we're doing the same things over and over again, and we're expecting a different result. How many of you know what that's called? Insanity. <laughs> that's what it's called. You're crazy if you think you can do the same thing over and over again and expect something different to happen. So you obviously want some help with this because you put it on the survey. We need help with stress. So uh, I just need you to know that it's not going to get better in your life until you make some changes. It's not going to get better until you, until you do something about it. We've got to make some, some changes. So here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you to know, that you're trying to fit too much into your life. The reason you're stressed is you're trying to do too much. You're trying to put too much in your life. And, and stress is the res- result of your body saying, I can't take it anymore. I, I can't deal with this. I'm, it's, it's wearing me down. So stress is, is, here's some symptoms of stress. You want to know what, what stress is? Stress is when it, it results in you being angry. Angry is a symptom of you being stressed. Um, irritable, you're fatigued, I'm just, oh, I'm just exhausted, I just, I got too much going on, you're stressed, uh, you've got headaches, man, I don't know what, where this headache came from, maybe it's sinuses, maybe it's stress, uh, you're demotivated, you don't want, you, you feel like you have nothing to work for, nothing to live for, you're anxious, you're nervous, you're depressed, you've got an upset stomach, your digestive tract isn't working like it's supposed to, why? Maybe you're stressed. Maybe it's some eating habits that you're eating too much or you're eating too little or muscular tension. You got body aches, your shoulders are tight, stress. Maybe it's like me, you grind your teeth a lot at night. The dentist says, you must be stressed. How'd you know? Because you grind your teeth, right? I didn't know I ground my teeth. I'm asleep when it happens, so I didn't know I was doing that, right? So some of you today, you feel like Job. Job chapter nine, he says it this way, verse 25, that my days go by faster than a runner. I feel like, I feel like I've got no time. I can't concentrate. I can't enjoy life. I, I can't, 
I, I can't spend the time that I want to with my family. Just day after day is going by faster than a runner and it flies away without me seeing any joy. I got nothing, Pastor Ben. I, I feel so, so stressed. So here's what we're gonna do today. I, I'm gonna give you four reasons why we're stressed. And, and each one of these reasons is also a lie that we believe a lot of times. It's a lie that we've bought into. So I'm gonna give you the reason we're stressed and then I'm gonna give you the truth that you need to accept and that you need to practice in your life. So you can't just believe this truth, you have to, you have to put it into practice. If you want life change, you gotta put it into practice. Come on, you got it? All right, here we go, number one. First reason we're stressed is we have too many options. We got unlimited options. If you take a notes, go ahead and write that down. I got unlimited options. Like, I feel like life was better before smart technology. Does anybody, anybody want to help brother out right here? Just, it was better before smart TVs and smartphones. We've gotten dumber because of those things, right? right. Like, we, we got, we have a smart TV. It's like, it's like these at the house. It's a TCL and it's, it's Roku, right? So we've got Roku built in. I've got an Apple TV plugged into it as well. We can watch Hulu, Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, Paramount. We can watch anything we want, access to thousands of apps. And some days, I just wish I could go back to the Dish Network. Come on, somebody, where you, you watch what you watch. You get what you get and you don't pitch a fit because whatever's on is what you're gonna watch today. It would have just been easier. Come on, it's just been easier. Or you're on your phone and there's just too many options on your phone. You got too many options to eat out. Here in Wichita Falls, you can go to a place in Wichita Falls and you can get fried rice or donuts, whichever you want. <laughs> you got too many options. I've, I've heard both are really good, actually, at this place. But it's, it's kind of like, do you sell hot dogs or hamburgers? What do you got, man? I, I just, there's too many options. So here's the truth that I want you to get. The truth is, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Come on, let's just get rid of the things that don't matter. Let's, uh, let's, let's minimize some of the things that we've got in our lives. Let's do away with some of the things that have been taking up our time and our energies, and let's do more of what does matter. So this is hard for us to believe. This is hard for us to buy into, why? Because we're, we're, a, we're a people who believe more is better. You know what I'm talking about? More is better. Like if, if $1 is good, then $2 is what? Better. better. Come on, I need, I need y'all to help me out right here. If, if one circle M donut is good, then two circle M donuts is, Great. is better. <laughs> if one car is good, then two cars must be better. better. If one kid is good, then two kids are Yeah, you didn't, weren't sure about that one? How about this one? If one wife is good, then two wives is wrong. It's wrong. We're not that kind of church. We, we, we don't do that here. So, but we think more is better, right? More is more better. It's better. What does Ecclesiastes say? This is Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, the wisest, richest person who ever lived. He said, better is one handful with tranquility. Better is to have less and have a little bit of peace in your life than to have two handfuls and you're chasing after the wind. Toil, hard work, labor, and you've got nothing to show for it, nothing to enjoy. So we buy into this lie that like, 
things, we've, we've just got to have more. That's not true. The second one is this. The second reason we're stressed is we have a relentless social pressure. And we've bought into this lie that we've got to be everywhere and do everything. And you can't. It's not possible. You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. You can't do it all. But we have this belief that we've got we've to do everything that everybody wants us to do. And so you've got work pressure. You've got social pressure. You've got friend pressure. You've got, you've got family pressure. If you're in school, you've got academic pressure. You've got team pressure. It's all mounting up. And listen to me, it may be doable, but it's not sustainable. You can't keep it up. You can't keep, you can't keep it up. So what do we do? Um, we just keep on going. Well, maybe one day it'll change. And this gets really hard when you have a, a couple kids. When you have multiple kids, this becomes difficult because you have multiple places you need to be at the same time. We have four boys. They're all playing sports. And I feel like there are seasons where there are days where we've got to be in four different places at the same time. And there's only two of us, Right? How do we do this? How do we navigate this? How, how do we press on? I was, I was glad last week when it rained a couple days. Come on, somebody. It rained. Thank you, God. We don't have anything to do today. Gave us a break because we've got too much going on with, with all of this social pressure. Um, and I think that if there's anything good that came out of COVID, if anything good came out of the pandemic, it's what I like to call Drive-by birthday parties. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If, let's keep that one going because if you've got, we got four kids and every weekend it seems like there's a birthday party to go to. Little Johnny wants us to come over. And, and what do you do? You feel bad for him. If we don't show up, nobody else will. Like it all hinges on you. What if nobody shows up? Well, I, I mean, okay. We, don't, we can't do everything, but we have all this social pressure that we got to do all this. And now in order to get your kids to our birthday party, we got to pay you to come there, right? We got to buy you a birthday, what do you call them? The party favors. We got to give you party favors to get your, your family to come to our party. That's why I love the drive-by birthday parties. We're going to be standing out front of our house at 1130. Drive by then, throw your gift out the window. We'll see you tomorrow at church. Just make it simple. Come on. Just, just simplify. We got all this social pressure. What do we do? What, what do we have to do? It's better for us if we would just say no to some good things. Can't make every birthday party. Wish we could. Can't do it all. Say no to some good things so you can say yes to the best things. And some of you, you're not able to say yes to what, what really matters in life. And for some of us, We've come up with this, this excuse that I don't have time. Pastor Ben, I just don't have time. I just, I'm so busy. We're just, we're overrun with stuff. I just don't have time. But I, I would argue you have, you have time. You have time. Let me show you where your time is going. Here's, here's some research. In your lifetime, you're going to eat out 14,411 times. 1,800 of those are going to be at McDonald's. You've got time. Oh, Pastor Ben, I just don't have time. Well, you're spending 13 years and four months watching TV. I wish we could serve this weekend, Pastor Ben, but we just don't have time. Okay. Uh, spend five years waiting in line somewhere. 
You're waiting in line at the places you're going to eat out. Five years for that. You're going to spend three years in meetings, and you don't have time. We just, we're just so busy. We're just so busy. Uh, you're going to spend one year looking for misplaced items. <laughs> Annalise is already on year two. We're already on year two looking for uh, keys and, and phones. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She'll get me back for that, I'm sure. Uh, check this out. You're, in your lifetime, you're going to drive 627,000 miles. That's enough to make it around the earth 25 laps. Just don't have time, Pastor Ben. No, no, no. You have time. It's just going in different directions. It's going in different directions. So I, lo- I love what um, Ephesians says. Paul says it this way in Ephesians. Be careful how you live your life. Not, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Prioritize. Utilize your time wisely because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will for your life is. If you want to know what God's will for your life is, go back and watch last week. We talk about it there. Here's the reality. We all have the same amount of time, but we get different results. We all have the same Amount of time, but we don't get the same results. Why? Because if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. If you don't have priorities for your life, somebody else is going to tell you how you should live your life. So number three, number three, we think we can have it all. This is a lie that we, we buy into. We think we can have it all. And you can see this in the $39 billion a year self-storage industry. That we have bought into this lie uh, that says we can have it all. And so we build our houses with two and three car garages that we don't even park in because we, we need more stuff, don't we? And then once we can't fit any more stuff into our house, we go rent a storage unit. And then we forget about the storage unit and we, we don't pay it for like six months and they auction it off. <laughs> and then we go, where'd my stuff go? What stuff? We, we sold that a long time ago. Well, I don't even remember what was in there anyway, right? We think we can have it all. This is why America is outspending their income. It's why we have a trillion dollars in credit card debt. Come on, it's, it's why student loans have increased 100% in the last 10 years. Why? Because we can have it all. We can have it all. And for some of you, your theme song in life has become Queen. Freddie Mercury, I want it all, I want it all, I want it all, and I want it now, (laughs) right, just, you want it right now, I want it now, here's the, here's the reality, you you can have it all right now, but it'll cost you something, it's going to cost you along the way, listen, you don't have to be smart to be greedy, you just got to be breathing, to be greedy. So you, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. So we end up stressed because we're trying, we're trying to have it all. Uh, we, we've bought into a myth that says uh, it's the myth of more and that the people who have more money have less stress. We've bought into this lie that the more you have, the happier you'll be. But you know what, you know what really happens? The more you have, the more you have to take care of, the more you have to maintain the more you have to pay for, the more you have to worry about accidents and theft and damages. It's more of a worry for us. So what does the wisest, richest man who ever lived have to say about this? 
Ecclesiastes, he says that whoever loves money never has enough. Have you ever been in, in that place in your life where you're, you're kind of chasing the dollar? You need more, you need more. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. I just need more. In verse 11, he says that the more you have, the more people will help you spend it. You're gonna have friends that you didn't even know about. Be like, yeah, I'll go out to eat with you, brother, right? Because they know you're gonna pay for it. Are you, yeah, I, I got you. I got you this time. Don't worry about it. So what, what good is wealth except to just watch it slip through your fingers? We're chasing after something that is gonna fade away. Verse 12, he says, the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. Pastor Ben, if I just had more money, life would be better. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you'd, maybe you'd have some sleepless nights. He's the richest guy who's ever lived, and he said, I don't get much rest around here. I don't get much rest around here. It's not about just having more. Number three is, or let me give you this, I'm sorry. Let me, let me give you the, the truth here in Proverbs. I couldn't come up with a truth on my own, so I just went to the scripture, which is a good place to go, by the way. Um, and this is in your notes, but it's listed as a scripture. It's better to have little, he says, with fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. It's better to just have little and, and have, have God than to have all of this stuff and worry about how you're gonna pay next month's payment and stress out about all this stuff, okay? Number, number four is this. We believe we can do it all. We have, we have social pressure. We have all these options. We think we can have it all. And number four, we think we can do it all. We think we can do it all. In other words, we're overestimating our abilities. We're overestimating what we're capable of. And back when I was a kid, man, I, I thought I, I, I could do it all. You should, you should have seen me on a trampoline, y'all. I could do all kinds of tricks, backflips, somersaults, twists and turns. Put me on a diving board, man, I could hang with the best of them. Really could. Man, I, I, I would just, I was a dare devil. I'd just get out there and do stuff. And, and I thought to myself, I'm never going to be like some of these old people. You know, they come out of the pool like this after they dive. You know, I'm not going to be like that until I became like that. And I couldn't do, I found out I can't, I can't do the tricks that I used to be able to do. Like that old country song, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was, right? So, I mean, I can do those tricks today, but I'm coming out going to the chiropractor the next day. I'm like, oh. I shouldn't have done that, right? Here's, what I, here's where I'm going with that. Some of you are overestimating what you're capable of. You're overestimating your abilities. You think you can do that gainer, but no, you can't, right? You thought you could do that one and a half, but you landed flat on your face, right? Because we're doing too much. We think we can do it all. So, so here's the truth. It's better to just do the right things and not, not just more things. You don't need to just do more in your life. You need to do the right things. What is it that you need to be focused on, that you need to be doing? And so we've got to live our lives intentionally. We've got to live and quit measuring our lives based on what other, what other people are doing. Uh, we do what, uh, I have what, what I call a full, po uh, it's not what I call, Michael Hyatt has what he calls a full focus journal, Okay. Uh, Michael Hyatt is a leadership guru, and, and so I started using this journal last year. And it's, it's, uh, it comes in quarterly journals, 
And every day of the week, it has this place that you just write out the three most important things that you need to get done that day. I call them the MIT. The, the, what's the three MITs, the most important things that you need to do that day? I think part of our problem is that we focus on the easy things. We have this task list of things that are easy and we tackle the easy things first and we put off the hard things. But the reality is, is if we'll tackle the hard things first, the most important things, if we'll get those done, then the rest of the day is a breeze, everybody. Then I don't, I don't have all this stress hanging over me all day long. And so I'd encourage you, do the MIT, the most important thing. What can you do today that, that you don't need to put off another day? And, and Proverbs says it this way, Proverbs 17, that an intelligent person aims at wise action. You're looking for one thing to do. You're, you're not going, you're not like the fool who starts off in many directions. You ever seen somebody like that? They're like, I don't know what to do, where, where to go. Like I got so much going on and they're kind of nervous and twitchy like, I got so much going on, I don't know what I'm gonna do today. Settle down, bro. Just do one thing first. Focus. Focus. Right? So what do we do? How do we fix the problem? And that's where I want to get practical today. It's what I love about our church is that we don't give you these super theological points that you have to decipher and crack a code to be able to determine what I'm talking about. We just make it plain, right? Like we're, like we're just like a so easy a caveman can do it, right? Just plain. So that's what we're gonna do today is make it really simple. I'm gonna give you three things that you can do uh, to, help, to help fix the stress, to help eliminate the stress. Number one is this, evaluate your life. Evaluate your life. In other words, stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention called evaluation. Evaluate your life. What am I doing that I don't need to be doing right now? What am I doing that is, it's ridiculous. It's taking my time away from family. How am I doing? Reflect on your life. Am I doing the right things? Am I doing too much? Am I doing, am I distracted from what I should be doing? You evaluate your life. And, and for some of us, you need to be reminded of this. Psalm 39 says, Lord, remind me. You need to be reminded how brief on earth, how brief your time on earth is gonna be that you don't have as much time as you think you have. That you need to be reminded that your days are numbered and that your life is fleeing away. Your life is no longer than the width of your hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. I don't have a lot of time. Human existence is just a breath. That's all it is. And we need to be reminded that Life is short, so we need to evaluate. We need to focus on the things that matter. So I want to give you a very practical way that you can evaluate your life. It's something I, I did this past Friday, and I learned about it about 10 or 12 years ago when I read a book called Leading on Empty. Leading on Empty is written by Pastor Wayne Cordero from uh, Hawaii. He pastors a church there called New Hope. And he, was going, he had a season in his life where he was... Uh, had nervous breakdowns and he was burnt out and he wrote this book out of that, out of that season, Leading on Empty. And in the book, he gives you a, a dashboard of 12 different things, metrics, if you will, 12 things that you can evaluate your life on. And if, the best way to do this would be to grab your phone and take a picture because it, it may be too much to write down. So if you want these, these metrics, I'm gonna show you. 12 different things here. And here's what you're gonna do. 
you're gonna, you're, you're gonna take these 12 and you're gonna grade yourself A through D. How am I doing? And you're gonna write a sentence on how you're doing. You're gonna reflect on how you're doing. So faith, where am I at in my relationship with God? How am I doing with my faith journey? What about my family? Am I spending enough time with my family? Does my family even know my name anymore? Am I around that much? Like, I did this and I reflected and it was, it was hard. It's hard to do that because you, you get some revelation sometimes. How's my marriage? Are we dating each other? Are, is there intimacy taking place? Is, is there physical and non-physical intimacy taking place? What about my job? Do I love my work or is my work just work? What about technology? How much time am I on the phone or on the television? Am I, is my ministry making a difference? Am I serving? If I am serving, am I serving enough? Am I serving too much? Where, am I serving in the place that I'm gifted and passionate about? What about my social life, my friends? Do I, do I have friends in my life who can, who can walk with me? How's my attitude? And for, for some of us, uh, the best way you can determine how your attitude is is you look directly into the mirror, and it will show you your attitude. It's going to be looking back at you. <laughs> and if it's smiling, hey, that's you're on the right track. But if you've got a frown, like you hate everybody, come on, you've got to work on that one. You've got to work on it. Finance, where are you at with your finances? Are you in over your head? Are you making enough money? Do you have too many bills? Where's your creativity? Have you had any fresh ideas lately? What about your physical health? Are you taking care of your body? Are you eating right? Are you working out? Are you, are you taking care of what God's entrusted you with? What about your travel? Are, are, have you vacationed? When's the last time you took a break? Are you traveling too much? Maybe your job, your job requires you to be out of town and you're traveling too much. You grade yourself and write a sentence on those things. And I promise you, God will speak to you through that, all right? So after you evaluate the, the, the second thing you got to do is then you've got to eliminate the non-essentials. You eliminate everything that does not matter, that's not important. Eliminate the things that are they're taking your attention away from what really does matter. And, and the truth is that every one of us have something that we need to let go of. We have something we're holding on to that we don't need to hold on to anymore. So the question is, what, what am I doing that I don't need to be doing? What's on my calendar that doesn't need to be on my calendar anymore? Are there places I'm going that I, I really, it's not a bad place, I just don't need to spend my time there anymore? Are my kids playing sports that they hate? Am, am I doing, th- like, what are we doing as a family that is just not making sense anymore? What can you, what can you delegate? Maybe, maybe you could teach your kids how to do laundry. Come on, somebody, because you don't want them, well, they just can't do it right. Well, they're going to be doing it on their own at some point, so let's teach them. Let's train them. Let's delegate some things. Get it off your plate, right? Let's, 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 let's uh, eliminate some non-essentials. Let me ask this. When's the last time you had a day off? When, when's the last time you, you, you didn't work? You didn't check your text message, your, your, your phone, your, your email. You didn't make business calls. Yeah, today's my off day. Well, why are you still working? Come on, take a day off. Take a break. What, are, what can you do without? I love how Psalm 90 says it. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they really are. Help us to spend our days like we should. To spend our days the way, God, the way that you ordained us, the way you want us to spend our days. Help us to spend them the way that we should. 
I'll give, give you um, a, a real quick, this is not in my notes or your notes, but something that, that I think is a good practice. List everything that you're doing, everything you do, everything that's on your calendar, sports, all of that stuff, and, and, and grade it one through a four. Four being, we absolutely have to do this. We've got to do this. We cannot not do this. Or I'm the only one who can do this. A three is, I could teach somebody else to do this. I don't have to be the one doing this. A two is, anybody can do this. I mean, I don't have to be, listen, I don't have to be the one who mows my yard. I'm not the one who mows my yard. I don't have, in this season of my life, I don't have that time. I like it. I don't, I don't have time to do it. I'm giving that away. Uh, one is, there's nobody on planet Earth that should be doing what I'm doing right now. I mean, this is ri- ridiculous. We got to stop doing this. Let's just stop. So, so grade yourself. List those things out. Number three, after you've after you've done those first two, you've evaluated, you've eliminated, then you've got to elevate what really does matter. Elevate the most important things in your, in your life. Elevate what matters. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. This, by the way, is a passage of scripture where he says, you're worried about what to eat, what to wear, what you're gonna do in life. He says, don't even worry about that stuff. Put me first, seek me first, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Come on, put God first. So there's a lot of things in life that maybe you're doing that they're not bad, it's not wrong, it's not sinful, it's not illegal, it's not unethical, it's not immoral, or it's it's not unbiblical, but it's just not good. It's, It's not the best use of your time. And it's causing you some stress. So let me, t- let me show you what matters. They're, they're, maybe they're not bad things, but they're not the best things for your life. Let me show you what really is the best thing, what really matters. Number one is God matters. The most important. The most important thing for you and for me is that God matters above everything else. That he matters. Number two is this, people matter. You, you, you can't do without relationships in life. People matter. People matter because they're the only thing that you're gonna take to heaven with you. If they have a relationship with God, like you can't take your belongings to heaven, your house isn't gonna show up in heaven, your car, your gun, your, your, n- nothing that you have. Your moped, whatever you got, right? It's not going to heaven. But people will go to heaven. And that's why we're crazy at City Hope. We're crazy about reaching people. We will do anything short of sin to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. We'll do everything we can because people matter. Why are we so passionate about that? It's number three. It's because at the end of the day, this one, eternity matters. Eternity matters. God matters. You matter. I matter. People matter. But above all of that, eternity matters. It matters. That's why we do the things we do as a church. It's why I ask you, would you pray about moving to another church service, moving to the eight o'clock? It's the same service. We do the same, the same message. You're gonna hear the same message there. But why would I ask that? It's because eternity matters. And I don't want somebody driving through the parking lot and go, man, the parking lot's full. I guess I'll just go home. I'm not going there. Or they walk in and they go, man, it's too crowded. I'm, I have no seats for me. It's why. It's, eternity matters. It's why we 
pray the way we pray. It's why we give the way we give. It's why the, we serve the way we serve. Why? Because our role in Christianity is to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's why we do it. So we got to elevate what matters. Let's focus on the right things, not, not just more things. So let me show you one last scripture. It's Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And that's where I feel like some of you are today. You're weary and you're burdened. You've got too much on your plate. The world's kind of caving in on you. You feel like, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. And Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn from Jesus how he did. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's what I want for you is I want you to have a, I want you to have, Listen, if, your yoke, if what you're carrying today is heavy, it's, if it's weighing on you, then it's not from God. Because that says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen? Hey, would you bow your heads with me today? If, if you're here and, and you would just be bold enough to say, Ben, I'm dealing with some stress. Pastor, I am. I'm under the load right now. I'm weary and I'm burdened. If that's you, if you're weary and you're burdened, you're carrying some stress, and you want to just, you want to turn it over to God today. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, but if that's you and you're, you're stressed, would you just slip up your hand and let me pray for you today? Come on, thank you. Hands are up everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, right now for every hand that's lifted, I pray for every hand, every person represented, every family represented, that, Lord, you would just slip into their lives right now that you would pour out your spirit in a fresh and a powerful way that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing over them God I pray that you'd help them to realize that that we can't do it all we can't have it all that we can't say yes to everything and that, that just because there's options doesn't mean we have to we have to live by those options God help us to realize that that there's more to our life than just the here and the now and the more and the mundane and the monotony and all of that God help us to realize that there's more that you have something for us help us to evaluate what's going on in us to eliminate things that really don't need to be there they're not bad but they're not good for us it's not it's not propelling us to a relationship with you would you show us teach us how to take your yoke upon us, how to walk in your ways and find rest in you. God, I pray that you would deliver every person here from the yoke of bondage, of stress and worry and anxiety and fear and doubt. Pour out your spirit on them today, fresh and new in Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, if you're, let me, let me just, let me say it this way. What matters most is God it's people and it's eternity. And I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but eternity matters. And you're going to spend eternity in one of two places. Everybody here, we're going we're to spend eternity. We're going to live forever, either in heaven or in hell. And that's not just preacher talk. That's, that's the word of God. That's what it says. And I want, I want to see you in heaven. 
I want you to focus on what matters the most, and that is your relationship with God. It's your eternal destination. Where are you going? And if, if you are here today and you say, Ben, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with him. I'm far from him. I've, maybe you've drifted. Maybe at one point you did know God and you fa- you've fallen away. We, we would call it, you've, you've backslidden. You've turned from God and you've been doing things in your own power, your own strength. Today, you can have a, a new and a fresh life, but you've got to make a decision. You've got to decide you're ready to give your life to Jesus. And if that's you, I want to give you that chance right now. On the count of three, just slip up your hand. And I won't embarrass you. I won't call you to the front. But I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, Pastor Ben, I want to know God. Just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, slip it up. Hands are up all over the place. Four, five, six. Anybody else? Seven. Anybody else? Eight, nine, ten. Come on, somebody. Anybody else? Where you at? Anybody in the balcony? Eleven. Come on, I want to know Jesus. I want a relationship with God. Eternity matters, church. Thank you, God, for 11 people who would say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. And let's all together, let's right now, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life, my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I'm yours. Will you forgive me for living my own way? Cleanse me from my sin, from my past. Will you give me a new beginning, a fresh start. And from this day forward, I will follow you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today for at least 11 people who said yes to Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Yes.